if I'm going to be somebody's biggest fan, I have to learn who they are, love who they are, and tell them who they are. Like that's how you be someone's biggest fan. Hi everyone, I'm Annika, and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. We've got Jason Patterson joining us in this week's conversation. Can't wait for you to take a listen. There's something for everyone in this week's episode. All right, Jason, thanks so much for being here. I'm so, so glad to have you on. It's so good to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> so we we had a chance to cross paths out at the Oaks um, yes. a couple of months ago, and this was all, all of your story was kind of unfolding. And so it's really great to just have you here. You have a book and it's out, and we are going to talk all right. about that in today's conversation. Um, congrats, by the way, that's just a really big accomplishment. Um, but I would love for people just to get to know a little bit about you. So just share a little bit about you, where you're at, what you do and all that fun stuff before we dive into the book. Yeah. Uh, well first, um, I'm married to an amazing lady named Andrea, who is a scientist and a scientist by day. I say she's like a superhero by night because uh, I don't understand how she does what <laughs> she does, um, where she has a very demanding and busy job, but manages um, to be an amazing uh, wife and mom all at the same time. We have three kiddos, uh, nine, five and one, a girl and two boys. And so we have a, we have a German shepherd, uh, which is more work than probably all three of the kids put together, uh, <laughs> German shepherd puppy, I, I should say, as they get older, they get easier, but, um, yeah, so our lives are a little bit hectic. I'm a pastor, uh, at a church that we started about five and a half years ago in the Indianapolis area. And, uh, we have an amazing team of people and an awesome congregation. We are, are crazy blessed. So we have a blast doing that. Um, and yeah. And then in addition to all that, like you mentioned, I wrote my first book, um, that came out <laughs> earlier this year, wrote it last year, uh, released this year. So that was a pretty wild journey. So yeah, the, the, the Patterson household is, is pretty busy. Uh, I, I feel like all the time, but I don't think that's unique. I think that's, you know, just the world that we live in these days. I feel like we need a book just on the Patterson household. Cause I yeah. feel like a wife who's a scientist, three kids, a puppy, a church. Oh, I mean, all that just sounds like a book in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably could be. That is so, so cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about the book. Like how did this idea just start? So is this like early on in the church planning journey? Is this just recent? Like what prompted yeah. the idea to write a book? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I mean, the content of the book is something that had been formulating for me and that was inspiring for me um, for, you know, longer than just, you know, like last year when I started writing it, for sure. It's the, the idea behind the book was the inspiration really for why we started the church and for why we do a lot of, of things. But like the idea of like, because we all have things we're passionate about. We all have things that um, like move the meter for us, but sort of like, how do you know maybe, yeah, that it's time to write a book on that. For me personally, I got to the place where I felt like if I could only have one conversation with someone, I knew what it would mm. be. And so I, for me, I felt like, okay, that's, that's more than just something that I, you know, care about or believe in, you know, that kind of a deal. This is like, this is kind of a, maybe becoming a little more of like a life message, something that like with everybody I meet and everybody that I love, I, I want them to know this. And uh, then as a pastor, sort of like 
at leading a church and an organization. Um, you know, I wanted to set the tone for what we do with our leadership within that. So it was kind of dual purpose. It was just like, I want to share this with everybody, but also it serves a very specific function within like our own, you know, church family. For sure. And even like within your family. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the title of the book. Yes. It's from, from your, your biggest, biggest fan. fan. Right. And it's, it's okay. about discovering the potential of those we love and lead. That's the subtitle. Which is just such an awesome title. I think Thank you. just like, I was just going to say, you know, I think in, in today's culture, it is such a me centered culture. Um, and a couple of years ago, I told my husband, you know, the biggest thing I've ever learned about leadership was when I stopped making it about me. <laughs> yeah, that's a very you know, good I, lesson. I, I feel like you learn right as a leader, it's like you're yeah. in it for yourself and no one else is going to watch out for you. And you kind of have to climb the ladder and all of these things. And it was like, I remember sitting in a book club, we were sitting in a coffee shop and we were doing this chapter about you're a really good leader when someone under you succeeds. Yes. And all of a sudden it just kind of like turned it all up on its head. And mm -hmm. I came home that night and I just felt like I never led the same when I started to think about how can I champion the people on my team, the people, right. like you said, even in your home, right. Becoming the biggest fan and, and bringing out those unique God-given just skills, talents, desires, and just to help others be successful and how much more right. that just not gives back to them, but to us and the world around them. So I, when I, when you first shared with me a little bit about your book, I was like, this is going to be so great. Cause I think it's something that everyone needs to hear. It's yeah. not about us. Right. Yeah. And it's, that's, <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, you know, we're, we're all in that process, you know, of transformation following Jesus, who's the ultimate example of a selfless life. Um, and that's, that's not our nature. Um, we're, we're yeah. having, you know, to be like unwired, you know, and rewired to have that, um, not just like the desire, but the ability to actually, you know, live it out. Um, yeah. And so the book, you know, you know, just kind of like a, threw my hat in the ring of that conversation with kind of my way of saying it, my way of sharing it. So the book is based on the belief that there's unseen God-given potential in every person. That's the heart of the book, that there is, there are wonders woven into every person by God. And the, one of the reasons we have influence, which is just at its core, what leadership is. So the book is also something you could read. Like, you don't have to be a pastor. You could just be a parent. Like the book is not written to somebody who leads a church or owns a business or like um, you, anyone and everyone can, can read the book. It's designed for, for all of us. The, the mindset that it advocates for is something that we can all adopt and apply in every area of our lives. Like the, the habits, you know, in, in there, like they're all things that, that we can do. Um, but yeah, the, so the, the book definitely tackles some tough issues. Cause that's like, like we've said, like, that's a, um, a beautiful realization that, Hey, this is, is not for me. My leadership is not about me. It's about others. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. And you can adopt that mindset, but if you don't deal with a lot of things in your life, you'll never get there. And so the book talks about insecurity. It talks about unresolved pain. It talks about, uh, all, well, frankly, it's just all the hurdles that I tried to jump and fell flat on my face. <laughs> we all have those. It's okay. Right. And that was, that, that was the point is I just thought, well, if this book's going to be helpful, um, everybody doesn't have my life, my story, my background or my experiences, but in, you know, there are those universal things that we all struggle with and that we all share. And so I tried to be just an open book, uh, in my book, uh, just with like how hard it is. Um, 
you know, to lead like this if you're insecure, because when, when you're secure, um, things are different. Like when, when you're driven by your insecurities, you need a gift from everyone who follows you. You need mm. their applause. You need their appreciation. You need their acknowledgement. You need all these things from others. It's about you. But when we lead from security, our leadership becomes the gift to everyone who follows us because we don't need all those things for them. We have gotten those things from a different source and are secure, or I should say becoming secure. That's not really a, a, a product that's finished in us. You know, uh, <laughs> that's something that, you know, God will finish one day, but we're just, we live in that process, but, but becoming For more sure. secure allows us to do a lot of beautiful, um, and freeing things with our leadership. So that that's kind of a, the heart of the book and, and what it is. And, um, it was a lot of fun to write. It was very hard. Um, but I bet, yeah, I love that. Even just like thinking about that and my own home. You know, I think some of us in certain settings feel like maybe we are more confident or secure in, in different capacities, but I think there's some areas, whether for people that's professionally or in a spiritual setting or in their home setting, where you start to find these insecurities in all the wrong places and looking for affirmation. And I'm just thinking about myself where you just want your kids to feel like you want them to acknowledge right. and appreciate. And don't oh, you know how man. much we do for you? <laughs> so, yes. But that's not, you know, that's not like leading or influencing or, um, Mm -hmm. just instilling what I ultimately want to instill in my kids is not to provide me validation right. on, on that. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, you know, there's a real danger that sometimes we don't live with an awareness of that, you know, if we kind of lead our families from insecurity, um, they're going to repeat what they see for sure. Like we're, we're without meaning to teaching our kids what it looks like to live and lead from insecurity. Like no one would do that on purpose. There's no parent ever who sat down, you know, and thought about like, what do I want for my kids? I'm going to teach them how to be insecure and needy, you know, and self-centered and like no one, no one in a million years, no parent would do that. No pastor would do that. No, no one, no business owner, leader, manager, like no one would ever want to do this. These are all the things that we do more or less on autopilot um, as yeah. just people who need a lot of help from Jesus. <laughs> like, um, you know, so I think that, that it, it's helpful just like you said, to just kind of, um, have the awareness, like these are our struggles. And the first step is just being honest. The first step is being honest about our insecurities. The first, you know, step about like unresolved pain, um, you know, whatever pain we don't resolve, we repeat. And we just, we get in these cycles of passing these things along to people and we wind up passing things along to our kids and our coworkers and our neighbors and our friends that if we, if we were thinking about it, we would never want to do. Um, and so, yeah, so the book definitely talks about the struggles and the obstacles in our path. That's the second part of the book. The book's divided into three parts. Um, and that second part really gets after uh, those things. And again, I just, um, I, I did my best to, um, share my experience and, and what I'm, I'm learning and, and what I've seen in, in other people. Like I didn't write this book because I'm the person or leader that I want to be. I felt like it was more like I finally was getting clarity on the person and leader that I wanted to be. So the book is really just an invitation, you know, to go on the journey, like to go with me and grow with, with me as I try, try really hard <laughs> to figure this out. And, uh, I have fallen flat on my face numerous times. Some of those that you'll see in the 
book. They're very embarrassing and painful moments. Um, but, but I really did come to the place where I was happy to share them. Um, because again, I'm just, I'm very convinced that we're all on this journey together and that we all struggle with so many of the same issues. 1000%. And just what a gift to have, you know, people like you who are our pastors and fathers and now yeah. authors who are willing to invite people into their own vulnerabilities and come alongside of them as they come alongside yeah. of you. Because I think we're, we are all in this together. And yes. just to know that, you know, we're not alone in this place. I'd love just to kind of hear, you know, as all of those things, father, pastor, author, um, what have you found that readers, listeners, your kids, like, what have you found been helpful for people in just overcoming some of those insecurities to really step into a more effective influencer leader? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, in, in our limited time, I'd probably just kind of focus on one big one that was very, very helpful for me. And I think that we need to be really, um, intentional, intentional about the voices we allow to speak into our lives. Like we need to ask who are the loudest voices in our lives? Who are the people that are speaking our identity to us and telling us who we are? Um, cause there's a lot of lies that get spoken. There's a lot of untruths that get communicated from other people who are hurting and other people who are insecure and other people that they're not necessarily trying to destroy your life. They're just operating out of their own issues. Um, you know, and, and we, it can be really easy. We all know this. It can be really easy to believe the lies and really hard to believe the truths. And so like what I had to do in, in, in my journey was I realized that I had, you know, unhealthy voices around me and in my life and that my own voice in my head was becoming the most unhealthy one. Hmm. And so I had to intentionally choose to be around other people who speak life into me and who tell the truth about me to me um, and, and really go out of my way. And I mean, it was phone calls, it was road trips. I jumped on a plane several times, you know, and I realized like maybe not everybody has the ability to do that with their schedule or like whatever. And I mean, you know, uh, but I, you got to do what you've got to do. Like, but you've got to get quality voices that you trust that are speaking into you. And by spending more time with those people, you turn up the volume of their voices. And it doesn't mean you break off relationship with other people, but you might have to, you know, change how much time you're spending with others and things to decrease or turn down the volume of those voices in your lives. Um, and so that's, you know, that was a big part of the, the road to security is getting the right people around me where I felt accepted, where I felt like I belonged, that, that helped cultivate, um, you know, more security in me and, and, and like an obvious qualification, I guess, would be who are the people who are secure? Who are the people in your life who don't need anything from you? Spend more time with them okay. and soak up who they are and, and, and where they're at on the journey. That's a good one. That is like best of the best right there. Mic yeah. drop. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great reminder though. I know like yeah. that just, you know, what are you allowing to speak into your life and yeah. just creating more of the, the good, mm -hmm. like you, you can kind of yes. put filters on those. Yeah. Um, the idea just like from your biggest fan, what does mm -hmm. that, what does that mean to you? Like being the biggest fan of those you lead in love? Yeah. Um, it, the the way that I put it in the book, and it was just kind of a, a way that was helpful for me, you know, what kind of is the language that we use in our, our, um, in the book and in our, our church here. Um, but it's like, it's kind of, it's three things. Like if I'm going to be somebody's biggest fan, I have to learn who they are. 
love who they are and tell them who they are. Like that's how you be someone's biggest fan. You have to learn who they are, love who they are and tell them who they are. And the whole, it's the third part of the book. It's actually, but it's actually the second half, like half of the book is all of these, those habits. And then a bunch of ways to do that. Um, but it, you know, like, and I'll just, I'll just touch quickly. Cause I know like our times, you know, limited, but I, like learning who someone is like one of the things, if you want to be the champion of those around you, if you want to be people's biggest fans, like you have got to, um, to make question asking an art for sure. Like you can't go into every conversation loaded with statements. You can't talk the entire time, which for people in my profession is tricky because like I'm a professional talker. Like that's literally <laughs> what we do. I talk on Sundays. I talk in meetings. I talk with our team. I talk with the staff. I talk like, we just, and I'm a parent, which means I literally just repeat myself all day, every all day. day. <laughs> yeah. Literally. We just say the same thing. It's like, and it can be really hard in all those roles as a friend. It can be hard at lunch when you're with a friend. It can be hard when you're a parent at home with your kids. It can be hard <laughs> when you finally get a little bit of time with your spouse. It can, it, this can be so hard, but it's so vital. Um, yeah. You can't learn about somebody else by making statements. You can only learn by asking questions. So I, we have to become good at asking questions. Um, it's, it, it's in the book. Jesus was the absolute master at asking questions. So I have fun telling some of those stories and the power of questions and all that. It's, a, it's one of my favorite chapters in the, the book. It's called The Journalist Mindset. But I, I would just encourage everybody to think about that. Develop the journalist mindset. What there is, a journalist doesn't have a job if they don't have a story. And the only way to get a story is to ask questions. So ask more questions, make less statements, ask more questions and make so less good. statements. Like there, you got to talk, you need to share your experience. People need to learn your story, but the only way you can learn somebody else's is to ask questions. So that's um, just, uh, that's one example of, of one of those habits, but you got to learn who they are, love who they are and tell them who they are. What a just like great challenge just to think about for everyone who's listening, just thinking about how cool would that be for all the people that you lead and love to be their biggest fan for people when they hear your name to think, gosh, I feel like they're my biggest fan, yeah. <laughs> my biggest supporter, my biggest advocate, because they have invested yeah. or we have invested in getting to know people for who they really are, not what they do, mm -hmm. not yeah. what we see, not what we're trying to correct or fix but right. who they truly are. And I yeah. love that last part that you said to tell them right? yes. to learn, to love and to tell them, because I think so, so much of so many people, we just, we imply that yeah. they have <laughs> understood that we value them, that we see that in yeah. them, that we appreciate that in them, but without telling we miss such right. a big opportunity For sure. to speak truth, to be one of those people of that those you people. said yeah. you surrounded yourself right. with. We that need. Speaks yeah, you truth. Can become. yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yes. there's a book closes with a chapter called One More Lap, which is all about learning how to celebrate uh, people, not just for what they've done, but for who mm -hmm. they are. And uh, that chapter was a, a lot of fun. I think for those who are going to lean into these concepts, you know, that that stuff, there's a lot of really helpful stuff in the book. And I think that, you know, the one of the most interesting things about this is I, I think that every person um, doesn't matter what your quote unquote leadership is. It doesn't matter if it's just in the home or among friends, or you lead a department or, you know, you, you, um, at your work or you lead the company or you lead a church or what, like wherever you, you, you lead, you have the opportunity to be a leader that others will want to follow for life. Hmm. Because when your leadership genuinely 
becomes about them, that is an influence that people will crave and that people will want. And they might leave your organization. They might leave your business. They might leave your team. If they're your kids, they're going to leave your nest, (laughs) but that doesn't mean they ever have to leave your influence. And if you work at genuinely making what you have and who you are, something that exists for their benefit and not for yours, your leadership will be something that people want to be under for life because it's helping them become who they are, discover the potential that God put within them. That's not something that's for like some small segment of of people. It's just for people who are becoming secure and letting Jesus do awesome things in their lives and who are just doing their best to lead like Jesus um, did, That where, where he didn't come to be served. He came to serve everyone else. Um, and it's actually, we need you know, God's help. That is like number one for sure. But it's with his help, it's actually possible. And what I'm finding from the amazing people that God has put in my life is that it's just absolutely the most enjoyable way to live. It's not the easiest way to live, but it is the most rewarding and most enjoyable way to live. I'm just so encouraged and so inspired. I'm just (laughs) thinking of all the things that I just, I want to just sit on and and let soak in after we record this conversation. I'm just thinking about, you kind of shared, you know, letting kind of being this vessel for, for God to use. And I'm just thinking of this visual of an insecure vessel, something that's Mm -hmm. unstable and shaky where something's trying to be poured in to be poured out and it's just falling apart. Right. And one that stands on solid ground and Mm -hmm. that is a firm foundation and being poured into and like what that can actually create the outflow yeah. of that. And just thinking about what does that look like in my own life? And I'm, yeah. I'm sure that for listeners too, that'll be just something really encouraging to think on until they can get their hands on the book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which everyone needs to go order because it is just so good. And like you said, just, it's so vulnerable and it's so real. And I think that is what we're all longing to hear is that right. we're on this journey together and that it's not necessarily about us, but we make it about others. Mm-hmm. Our life becomes so much more abundant. Right. And yeah, I just, I yeah. think that's so cool. Um, I would love to kind of just hear one or two things that you learned along the way of writing this book. Is there something that a chapter that you wrote or just something in writing process in general that just, just kind of hit something new for you? Yeah, there, there was, um, you know, like I, I'd obviously been trying to live out this, you know, leadership before writing the book. And, um, I did, there was one thing that, um, it's not that I maybe never did it, but didn't understand exactly what I was doing when I was doing it and what I wasn't, you know, doing this enough. Um, and that is, um, there's a chapter in the book, um, called, uh, I think it's called opening move and it's about giving people opportunities. Um, like if you, if you want people to discover who they are, um, we've got to speak into their lives. We've got to tell them, but we've got to give them a chance. Like we've got to give them an opportunity. So whether that means like, um, within our organization or a church or like wherever that is, like, we've got to give people like, um, the gift of trust. You have to open with trust. Um, you can't make people like, earn their way into like opportunities all the time. If you really want to help them, like, and you know, whether they succeed or whether they fail is like not actually the most important thing. It's just that you gave them an opportunity. There's a great story um, in the book. A lot of people probably, if especially if they're really into leadership, have read books by Jim Collins. There's a story in there about him and his life. And that's like 
he was given an opportunity early on in his career when he still didn't really know who he was. He didn't know what he wanted to do. And somebody gave him the chance to do something. It's the same for me. Like early in my career, people who were further on in the journey gave me a chance to do something that they were all very qualified to do and that I wasn't in my mind really qualified to do yet. And there's going to be people in your life who don't understand that they're more ready than they think they're more qualified than they believe. And they need you to believe in them until they can believe in themselves. And one of the best ways you can do that is to, to open with trust and just give them a chance. Even if they think they're not ready, even if you're like, I don't know if they're hundred percent ready, but we're just <laughs> going to do this together. Like the important thing isn't again, whether they totally succeed or if they fail, or if it's just a big fat learning experience, that's great. Cause the goal is growth, not just, crushing a single opportunity that we gave them to do something. Um, and so for, for me, the, the chapter in that story about Jim Collins and all of that, like that really worked in me of like, I'm not saying I never gave people opportunities, but it really opened my eyes to the power of that when your opening move is trust and giving people wow. a chance, um, just how incredible that is uh, in their lives, um, especially when we're really, you know, intentional about doing that. I love just this idea of not seizing opportunities, but creating opportunities. Yeah, that's a very good I way just, of saying it. <laughs> well, I've never really heard it said the way you just said it. And it just made me think of, yeah, I think we're, I we're focused so much on, okay, what's the next opportunity we can take as a team or I can take mm -hmm. rather than what's the next opportunity I can give. Right. I think that's just such a cool challenge. What an awesome lesson. <laughs> Yeah. And a hard lesson too, because yes. and a lot of that takes time too, right? Like it takes sure. time to give people that gift of trust because there, you have to be patient. You have to let yes. go of control. You have to know that there is a 50, 50 chance that it may not work out the way right. that you're hoping that it does yes. and that it yep. may take more time. But ultimately if the goal is growth and right. the, you know, the goal is to just help other people flourish and thrive and help our organizations or help our household to thrive. Like right. it's going to require us opening up our hands sometimes rather than having such a tight grip on doing yeah. all the things, the way that we know how to do them, the way we want them to be done. Yes. It's yeah. a tough one. It's, it's, <laughs> it's probably more tough as a parent than like anywhere else, you know, letting your kids take a, a chance and, you know, what if they don't succeed and, you know, but it's so much better um, if they start, you know, experiencing those moments, um, while they're under our influence and while they're in our household, then to protect them from all of that. Uh, and th they don't get the chance to experience those things. And then they kind of go off to college and go out into the world and they've never done those things, but it's hard. Um, yeah, it I didn't, is. um, I, I would not, uh, not say that, that most of the things in that book are, are easy. I think they're very hard. I just think that they're worth it. They're worth it for sure. It's an investment that doesn't return void, which is always right. a good one to make. Yeah. Uh, this is a great segue to kind of a question I love to ask um, all of my guests on the podcast. And yeah. I would love to hear, especially from like a pastor's perspective, what mm. does success look like? Like, how would you define, even if it's just as simple as like successful day, it doesn't have to go as deep as a successful life, but like, what is just a successful day or moment in time look like to you? I don't, that's, I'll have to think about what a successful day looks like. I can give you the life one. Um, let's do that. Yeah. The, uh, my definition of success, I didn't come up with it, but, um, it's that, that when those who know you the best respect you the most, hmm. that's success. At the end of the day, if you have achieved 
a lot in your career and you've got the accolades or you have the awards or you have like whatever, or you grew the business and your revenue, you know, went up, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple times. But if the people who know you the best and who are closest to you don't respect you the most, then I don't like, to me, there is no success. So for me, that's, that's, um, you know, that's success over, over a lifetime. Um, so I, I don't know, I guess so success, you know, day to day, like, how do you, how do you get there? Um, for me at this stage of life, it's about time management. A successful day is a day where, um, I, I controlled my schedule so that the people who I love the most get the most of me. Um, which is really hard to do as a pastor. Um, like it's, you know, there's a lot of demands on my time and that's true of everybody. That's not unique to pastors. It's just, I have my own version of it. Um, you know, but just, a, you know, adult life, is, it's hard sure. in life with a career and life, with, you know, when you're married and your wife has a demanding career as well, you know, to make sure that she gets the time that, that she deserves to make sure that my kids get the time that, that they deserve. Um, because pastors are, as susceptible or in some ways, maybe even more, um, because it's easier to, to kind of excuse what we do as well. I'm doing this for Jesus. And so like, I have to do it at the expense of my family. Um, but, but success for me looks like not sacrificing my family, um, every single day to save somebody else's. Um, that's a great definition, just great perspective. And yeah. it's a challenge, right? It's very tough. Yeah. It's very, very tough, but that's, especially that's, when you share everything happening in your family, that just, oh that goodness. sounds like a, <laughs> it's a whirlwind. It's a challenge every day. Yeah. I'm sure. For sure, but it's just awesome. I think just your, the book is just so inspiring. I think the oh, work that, you. that you're doing and the lessons you're sharing and the life that your family is just living is just so encouraging. And I'm, I'm super encouraged just by this conversation and Thanks. I am super hopeful that everyone that is listening to is just going to walk away with just some really good insights and thoughts of just yeah. how do I become a better question asker? How do I become, you know, more of living like a journalist in my day to day and engaging yeah. in the lives of others? And kind of like you said, those three pieces of just learning and loving and telling, and just mm -hmm. that in itself, I think is just something so practical and yet so powerful that- right we can all walk away with. And so I'm so grateful for your time. I'm so Absolutely. grateful that you would share more about the book and just invite us into this conversation with you kind of a day in the, in the life right. of Jason Patterson. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. Thank for you sure. for sharing. Thank you for inspiring and encouraging all of us and just challenging us to become better influencers or leaders in a way that really is impactful. And so before we wrap up, just tell people where they can find you or follow you and sure. exactly what your book is called just yeah. so they can go and, and take a look yep. at that. And I will definitely share all that in the show notes too. Yeah. So it's, it's from your biggest fan. You can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Walmart or wherever books are sold. Um, you can connect with me through social media. My Instagram and Facebook are both Jason M Patterson. Um, so you can connect with me there. Um, the website for the book is biggestfanleaders.com. So any, and all of those ways, um, people Perfect. can connect with me. And if you get it, you know, they get a chance to grab the book and read it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And, and I hope that it's a, a blessing to them. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Jason. Here are today's truths and takeaways. Number one, the first step is being honest about our insecurities. 
Number two, turn up the right voices and down the wrong voices. Choose the loudest voices that you allow into your life wisely. Number three, if you want to be someone's biggest fan, learn who they are, love who they are, and tell them who they are. Number four, we can't learn about someone else by making statements. We can only learn by asking questions. So develop the journalist mindset. Ask more questions, make less statements. Number five, celebrate people for who they are, not simply what they've done. Number six, I'll quote Jason, if you work at genuinely making what you have and who you are, something that exists for the benefit, for their benefit and not yours, your leadership will be something people want to be under for life because it's helped them become who they are and discover the potential that God put within them. Number seven, let the goal be growth. And number eight, Think about what's that next opportunity you can give and not necessarily take. Well, thanks for joining me in this conversation today and tuning in to this week's episode. If you haven't already, would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. We've got some incredible guests coming up this season, including next week's guest, Ruth Jo Simons. So such a treat. Don't want you to miss out. So be sure you subscribe to the podcast. And also, if you have a few quick seconds, especially if you listen on Apple Podcast, you can scroll down on the show, click on the stars to leave a review right below it. You can have the option to write a review, leave some of your feedback, but that feedback really helps this episode and so many others continue to get shared. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for who you are and all that you do. And until next time. <laughs>